0: It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living, with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. For the 30 million-plus Americans who have an allergy or sensitivity to gluten and countless others who are choosing a gluten-free lifestyle, comes the book, Unbelievably Gluten-Free, by Ann Byrne. You know Ann is the author of the best-selling Cake Mix Doctor series, and she's joining me today to talk about how to cook unbelievably gluten-free. Welcome, Ann. How are you? Oh,
1: great. Great to be here. I'm talking to Amy.
0: Well, you know, what what wonderful books you write, first of all, but this one is interesting to me to go from the cake mixes and then you did the baking book that was gluten-free and now you've got all of these amazing recipes that are gluten-free.
1: What got you there? I had so many readers request it, you know. Through the years, um, about five or six years ago, started getting emails from readers wanting me to create a cake mix doctor book just for gluten free folks. How could they take a basic gluten free cake mix and make it better? Because really, those mixes were terrible. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, that's how I kind of got started with the gluten free. World and went on tour and found out that there was a lot more than cake uh, in, in what they wanted. They wanted pie and quiche and, and chicken pot pie and all that that brought, as well as, you know, lasagna and gumbo and and maybe some dinner foods that, you know, we kind of take for granted, but those people who can't have gluten, which is the starch found in wheat, barley, and rye, you know, they're they're really kind of not even possible. To have I
0: know. Better. I know. And, you know, you don't realize how many things have gluten in them until you're not allowed to have gluten, for sure. <laughs> That's right. I think it's interesting that some, you know, the sensitivity is so, so serious that some restaurants and in, in fact, P.F. Chang is, is very good about this. They serve their gluten free items on a completely different plate. Hmm. so that when it comes to your table, if you've got the same plate as everybody else, you just look at your server and say, I'm afraid I might not have the gluten-free. Because, you know, you can't always tell by looking at it.
1: No, you can't. Um, And I think restaurants are way ahead. Uh, They've recognized the need. I think food packagers and manufacturers are way ahead. They've they've labeled the products better. So in in some respects, it's easier for someone who is cooking at home gluten-free to sort of identify the ingredients that are okay to use. Um, What hasn't been, i thought, so great is that you know there's just really no substitute it, there seemed to be no substitute for wheat flour in so many recipes. I mean, people were just kind of throwing everything at it just to see what worked and you know for the for my palate and I am not gluten free I felt like a lot of the the ingredients I sampled and already prepared gluten free foods I sampled. We're not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, kind of took the challenge. How do you get the flour out of the food, those recipes that you love? What can you sub for it instead of something kind of strange and weird and keep the cost of the groceries down and keep the time that you spend in the kitchen to a minimum?
0: Well, this is what I love. As you mentioned, you are not gluten intolerant, mm-hmm. and so you could taste the original. Next yes. to the gluten free, mm-hmm. and be able to really compare how the change is made. So you've sent some really interesting tips, and, and I'm I'm very interested. For example, what does cornmeal do for those who are gluten free?
1: Well, cornmeal is a you know is an okay ingredient because it's corn product right. first of all, and you know you can add it to even bake goods for sort of a textural crunch in a cookie. Um, It's very commonly used sort of in Italy. I think people are accustomed to cornmeal being used in recipes. Um, And in the southern United States where I'm from, so cornmeal is just an ingredient you rely on to sort of bread things before you would pan fry them. Uh, So you're used to it. You can make breads out of cornmeal. You make the Thanksgiving stuffing, um, you know, out of cornbread. Uh, So we even make corn, you know, corn waffles, all of that in the south. Um, I found that in this book, it was a great little fill-in. It added texture. It added some kind of unique crunch to a coating. Uh, The gluten-free breads, as they are, are not so great. And you can make a pretty decent breadcrumb by toasting the bread and then, you know, processing those in the food processor. But sometimes you just need a little extra tossed in, and that's where a little cornmeal is kind of
0: helpful. And, you know, I notice on the cover of the book, you've got this gorgeous looking enchilada. Chicken enchiladas are one of my favorites. So, Mm -hmm. of course, a corn tortilla, is that gluten-free?
1: Yes, it is. But you need to read the label because some of the corn tortillas out there have a little flour in them. But usually the ones that are all corn will say 100% corn and they'll even say gluten-free. So be sure and look for those. Yes, use them just like you would um, flour tortillas. Use them how you would use uh, lasagna noodles. Oh, um, smart. Use them, cut them in strips and add them to thicken a vegetable soup to sort of give it, give it more of sort of a southwestern tortilla uh, sort of flavor. I mean, I give a lot of reasons, ways to use corn tortillas. I think they're fantastic. And really, if you're on a gluten-free diet, a corn tortilla can really sub- a lot as your bread. I mean, you can make an awful lot of sandwiches, roll-ups, burritos, using a corn tortilla.
0: Yeah, and thank God for that, because they are mm-hmm. tasty. They are tasty. Well, you mentioned, of course, being from the South, you're used to using cornmeal and a lot of things, but I love your tip for making
1: roux. Now, explain that to us. <laughs> well, you just, um, you know, you usually roux is a mixture of flour and then some sort of fat, uh, whether it's butter or oil. Um, and, you know, you, you, you cook that until you Get some color to it, and it really kind of brings... You get a deep, hearty flavor, plus you get the thickening capabilities of it, and that's what you would add to a gumbo to thicken it and flavor it. But when I went across the country and talked to people who cook a lot and who are gluten-free and have been for years. It was, I had, you know, I just had this great wealth of secrets thrown at me and one, this one woman in Wisconsin just offered up, you know, if you ever want to make gumbo, here's how you do it. And you just take the, just a sticky rice flour and put it in a heavy pan like a cast iron pan and stir it with a wooden spoon. Um, over low to moderate heat until it starts to take on color and lightly brown. And then you just kind of keep adding until you get sort of a deep khaki color and set that aside. And that's what you'll add back to the gumbo mixture. Wow, so no
0: out. butter, no fat. Mm-mm, no fat, nope. And so are these pretty much these alternative flours being available at mainstream grocery stores now, or do you still have to go a little off the beaten path? Well,
1: and I cover that in the book. You know, the the sticky rice flour is quite common in Asian cooking, so you can find it at international markets, Asian markets. Um, if you don't find it at Whole Foods, I think, you, I think my Whole Foods has sticky rice flour, mm-hmm. but definitely at Asian markets. Um, all the other kind of... Flours are out there. I mean, Whole Foods has them, and a lot of grocery stores are starting to carry some of the gluten-free flours. They have a lot of the gluten-free mixes that carry the gluten-free Bisquick, which I think is a great baking mix. Its primary ingredient is white rice flour. And because of that, it tends to be very bland, but I think it works really well in um, quick bread recipes like pumpkin breads, banana breads, Um, It works well in making little southern cheese straws, cheese biscuits, uh, buttermilk biscuits, Um, scones. Oh, see, there's
0: got to be an awful lot of gluten-free people listening to this being oh (laughs) so happy because these are the things as it says right on your book, Dinner Dishes You Never Thought You'd Be Able to Eat Again. I mean, you've got so many great alternatives and I love that. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Ann Byrne. She's the author of her latest book, Unbelievably Gluten-Free 128 Delicious Recipes. And Ann, you mentioned in one of the tips that you sent about using cider vinegar and cream cheese. And I'm starting to think that cider vinegar has all kinds of magical properties, because I had a vegan cupcake Mm -hmm. that they use cider vinegar, and I don't know how
1: it replaced the egg. Well, often I I like the vinegars and the buttermilks and all of those for softening uh, rice flour. Rice flour in baked goods has a gritty texture to it, Mm -hmm. and there's something about that acidic ingredient that really softened it up and gave it a better texture. So that's why I tend to use it a lot in baked goods. And you'll see it actually in the pie crust. You'll see it in, boy, you'll see vinegar or some kind of acidic ingredient in almost all the baked goods I huh. use. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a little extra tip. I also rely on an extra egg or an egg period just in a lot of baked goods, like I even put an egg in the biscuits and the scones when you typically wouldn't add right. that. But you, when you are not working with wheat flour, there's not a lot of structure there in the recipe to kind of help that biscuit or bread keep its shape. But the egg really does. So, so it's
0: so sort of a stand-in for the gluten.
1: Yeah, yes it is <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. well that's great
0: Well you know what, Anne has been kind enough to share a recipe with us For gluten-free saucepan brownies from her book And I'm going to put that on amystable.com But of course I'll also send you the link to Anne's website Which is cakemixdoctor.com But keep them coming Anne. you just keep putting out these great books We'll oh. just keep enjoying them I really appreciate it and continued success with all of the books Thank you so much Amy,
1: great to talk to you
0: Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Hi, it's Kristen. Did you know that not doing things is easier than doing them? There's a lot of things to do, especially this time of year. But when you don't do things, there's more time to do do things. Does that make sense? What I mean is when you use Shipt to get everything from gifts to groceries delivered same day, you have more time for the things you want to do, to not do things so that you can do other things. Visit That's shipt.com/holiday. That's s h i p t.com/holiday.